Welcome to a special Christmas edition of Public Domain Playhouse's performance of Twas the Night Before Christmas. That is what this poem is affectionately referred to, but technically its name is A Visit from St. Nicholas. But it's also called The Night Before Christmas, in addition to Twas the Night Before Christmas, from the first line of the poem. This was originally published anonymously in 1823, and later it was attributed to author Clement Clark Moore, who also claimed authorship in 1837. Moore was a writer and American professor of Oriental and Greek literature, as well as divinity and biblical learning, at the General Theological Seminary of the Protestant Episcopal Church in New York City. It should be noted that scholars debate still the identity of the author of A Visit from St. Nicholas, calling on contextual and handwriting analysis as well as other historical sources. The text has been published in numerous illustrated versions in various languages ever since its publication date in 1823. Moore has a lot of history in his career as well. He was an author of a very early known work that was a pro-federalist pamphlet published prior to the 1804 presidential election in which he attacked the religious views of Thomas Jefferson, the incumbent president and Democratic-Republican candidate. His polemic titled uh, Full Observations Upon Certain Passages in Mr. Jefferson's Notes on Virginia, which appear to have had the tendency to subvert religion and establish a false prophecy focused on Jefferson's Notes on the State of Virginia. In 1820, Moore helped the Trinity Church organize a new parish church, St. Luke's in the Fields, on Hudson Street. He later gave 66 tracts of land, the apple orchard from his inherited Chelsea estate, to the Episcopal Diocese of New York to be the site of the General Theological Seminary. Based likely on this donation and on the publication of his Hebrew and English lexicon in 1809, Moore was appointed as the Professor of Biblical Learning at the seminary. He held this post until 1850 as well. Moore owned several slaves during his lifetime as well. This was customary of many in his class, and he opposed the abolition of slavery. New York State passed a gradual abolition law in 1799 after the Revolution. It freed the last of the slaves in the state in 1827. After the seminary was built, Moore began the residential development of his Chelsea estate in the 1820s with the help of James N. Wells, dividing it into lots along 9th Avenue and selling them to well-heeled New Yorkers. Covenants in the deeds of sale created a planned neighborhood, specifying what could be built on the land, as well as architectural details of the buildings. Stables, manufacturing, and commercial uses were forbidden in the development. Sounds like one of the first HOAs. So from 1840 to 1850, Moore also served as a board member of the New York Institution for the Blind at 34th Street and 9th Avenue, which is now the New York Institute for Special Education. He published a collection of poems in 1844. 
As far as a visit from St. Nicholas goes, this poem is arguably the best-known verse ever written by an American. As first published anonymously in the Troy, New York Sentinel on December 23, 1823, it was sent to the paper by a friend of Moore. It was reprinted frequently thereafter and published as a small book in illustrated versions. It was not until 1837, in the New York Book of Poetry, edited by Charles Fenno Hoffman, that the poem was first attributed in print to Moore. Moore claimed authorship by including it in his poems, an 1844 anthology of his works. His children, for whom he had originally written the piece, encouraged this publication. At first, Moore had not wished to be connected with the popular verse, given his public reputation as a professor of ancient languages. By then, the original publisher and at least seven others had already acknowledged him as the author, though. Moore was said to have written the poem while visiting his cousin, Mary McVicker, at Constable Hall in what is known now as Constableville, New York. In 1855, Mary C. Moore Ogden, one of Moore's married daughters, painted illuminations, end quote, to go with the first color edition of her father's celebrated verse about Christmas. Regarding the controversy of the poem's authorship, scholars have debated whether Moore was the author of this poem at all. Professor Donald Foster used textual content analysis and external evidence to argue that Moore could not have been the author. Foster believes that Major Henry Livingston Jr., a New Yorker with Dutch and Scottish roots, should be considered the chief candidate for authorship. This view was long espoused by the Livingston family. Livingston was distantly related to Moore's wife. Foster's claim, however, had been countered by document dealer and historian Seth Collar, who once owned one of Moore's original manuscripts of the poem. Collar has offered a point-by-point rebuttal of both Foster's linguistic analysis and external findings, buttressed by the work of autograph expert James Lowe and Dr. Joe Nickel, author of Pen, Ink, and Evidence. There is no proof that Livingston himself ever claimed authorship of A Visit from St. Nicholas, nor has any record ever been found of any printing of the poem with Livingston's name attached to it. But, according to the original copy of the poem that was sent to the Sentinel, the names of Santa's last two reindeer were Dunder and Blixum, instead of Donder, and later Donner, and Blitzen, as printed. The changes in spelling are attributed to a printing error and or correcting Moore's spelling inaccuracies, as he did not speak Dutch. In 2016, the matter was further discussed by MacDonald P. Jackson, though, an emeritus professor of English at the University of Auckland, a fellow of the Royal Society of New Zealand, and an expert in authorship attribution using statistical techniques. He evaluated every argument using modern computational stylistics, including one never used before, statistical analysis of phenomes. 
and found, in his opinion, that in every test that Livingston was the more likely author. Regarding Moore's personal life, in 1813, Moore was married to Catherine Elizabeth Taylor, who was of English and Scottish descent. Her maternal grandmother, Elizabeth née Van Cortland Taylor, was the daughter of Philip Van Cortland and the niece of Sir Edward Bowler, first baronet. Together, they were the parents of nine children. Moore died on July 10, 1863, at his summer residence on Catherine Street in Newport, Rhode Island, five days before his 84th birthday. Moore's estate, named Chelsea, was on the west side of the island of Manhattan above Houston Street, where the developed city ended at the time. It was mostly open countryside before the 1820s. Clark named his house for the Royal Hospital Chelsea in London that served war veterans. He donated a large block of land to the Episcopal Diocese for construction of the seminary, giving them an apple orchard consisting of 66 tracts. Construction began in 1827 for the General Theological Seminary, and based on his knowledge of Hebrew, Moore was appointed as the first professor of Oriental languages, serving until 1850. The seminary continues to operate on the same site, taking up most of the block between 20th and 21st Streets and 9th and 10th Avenues. Ten years later, Moore also gave land at 20th Street and 9th, east of the avenue, to the diocese for construction of St. Peter's Episcopal Church. The contemporary Manhattan neighborhood is known as Chelsea after his estate. As far as legacy and honors for Moore, in 1911, the Church of the Intercession in Manhattan started a service on the Sunday before Christmas that included a reading of the poem, followed by a procession to Moore's tomb at Trinity Church Cemetery on the Sunday before Christmas. This continues until this day. Clement Clark Moore Park, located located at 10th Avenue and 22nd Street in Chelsea, is named after Moore. A playground opened in the park on November 22, 1968, and was named for Moore by local law by local law the following year. In 1995, it was fully renovated and new trees were added. Local residents gather annually there on the last Sunday of Advent for a reading of Twas the Night Before Christmas. Regarding the plot of Twas the Night Before Christmas, On Christmas Eve night, a father, his wife, and their children are asleep in their beds, but the father is awakened by noises outside his house. Looking out the window, he sees Santa Claus, or St. Nicholas, in an airborne sleigh pulled by eight reindeer. After landing his sleigh on the roof, Santa enters the house through the chimney, carrying a sack of toys with him. The father watches Santa fill the stockings hanging by the fireplace and laughs to himself. They share a conspiratorial moment before Santa bounds up the chimney again. As he flies away, Santa wishes a happy Christmas to all and to all a good night. The literary history includes that the authorship of, quote, a visit, end quote, is credited to Clement Clark Moore, who is said to have composed it on a snowy winter's day during a shopping trip on a sleigh. 
His inspiration for the character of St. Nicholas was a local Dutch handyman as well as the historical St. Nicholas. Moore originated many of the features that are still associated with Santa Claus today while borrowing other aspects, such as the use of reindeer. The poem was first published anonymously in the Troy, New York Sentinel on 23 December 1823, having been sent there by a friend of Moore, and was reprinted frequently thereafter with no name attached. It was first attributed in print to Moore in 1837. Moore himself acknowledged authorship when he included it in his own book of poems in 1844. By then, the original publisher and at least seven others had already acknowledged his authorship. Moore had a reputation as an erudite professor and had not wished at first to be connected with the unscholarly verse. He included it in the anthology at the insistence of his children, for whom he had originally written the piece. Moore's conception of St. Nicholas was borrowed from his friend Washington Irving, but Moore portrayed his jolly old elf as arriving on Christmas Eve rather than Christmas Day. At the time that Moore wrote the poem, Christmas Day was overtaking New Year's Day as the preferred genteel family holiday of the season. As a result, New Yorkers embraced Moore's child-centered version of Christmas as if they had been doing it all their lives. Finally, it should be noted that only four handwritten copies of the poem are known to exist, and three are in museums, including the New York Historical Society Library. The fourth copy, written out and signed by Clement Clark Moore as a gift to a friend in 1860, was sold by one private collector to another in December 2006. It was purchased for $280,000 by an unnamed, quote, chief executive officer of a media company, end quote, who resides in New York City, according to the Dallas, Texas-based Heritage Auctions, which brokered the private sale. So without further ado, let's jump into Twas the Night Before Christmas. Introduction Amid the many celebrations last Christmas Eve in various places by different persons, there was one in New York City, not like any other anywhere. A company of men, women, and children went together just after the evening service in their church, and standing around the tomb of the author of A Visit from St. Nicholas, recited together the words of the poem which were all known so well and loved so dearly. Dr. Clement C. Moore, who wrote the poem, never expected that he would be remembered by it. If he expected to be famous at all as a writer, he thought it would be because of the Hebrew dictionary that he wrote. He was born in a house near Chelsea Square, New York City, in 1781, and he lived there all his life. It was a great big house, with fireplaces in it, just the house to be living in on Christmas Eve. Dr. Moore had children. He liked writing poetry for them even more than he liked writing a Hebrew dictionary. He wrote a whole book of poems for them. 
One year he wrote this poem, which we usually call "'Twas the Night Before Christmas," to give to his children for a Christmas present. They read it just after they had hung up their stockings before one of the big fireplaces in the house. Afterward, they learned it and sometimes recited it, just as other children learn it and recite it now. It was printed in a newspaper. Then a magazine printed it, and after a time it was printed in the school readers. Later it was printed by itself with pictures. Then it was translated into German, French, and many other languages. It was even made into Braille, which is the raised printing that blind children read with their fingers. It has happened that almost all the children in the world know this poem. So without further ado, let's get right to the script. Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief, and I in my cap, had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters, and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave a luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eyes did appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment he must be Saint Nick. More rapid than eagles his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Downer and Blitzen. To the top of the porch, to the top of the hall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop the coursers they flew, with the sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas too. And then in a twinkling I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry! His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard on his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke, it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself.
A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings, then turned with a jerk. And laying a finger aside of his nose and giving a nod, up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all! And to all a good night. Thank you for joining us for another Public Domain Playhouse production. This was Twas the Night Before Christmas by Clement Moore. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Peace on Earth. To you and yours.